right. Yes, I'm recording. <clears throat> thank you very much, Pastor Steve. Um, thank you for the opportunity and privilege to um, lead this um, session. I mean, this teaching uh, Wednesday, our Bible study today. Um, <clears throat> we are going to talk about financial stewardship. Um, um, Pastor Steve started teaching on stewardship last week. Um, give us a good foundation to start this series on financial stewardship. So by way of introduction, uh, my focus today will be to um, explain what um, financial stewardship means, what the expectations of financial stewardship are for us as children of God. And then um, the subsequent week, we'll talk about how the house of financial stewardship and then on on the third um, the third session we'll continue with the house of, of financial stewardship and then we'll talk about the faith aspect of financial stewardship or the supernatural aspect of financial stewardship so i believe that we have first of all have to talk about the practicality or the practical aspect of financial stewardship uh, which is missing a lot in the church um, the emphasis is usually on um, the supernatural aspect, leaving the practical things that children of God have to do as stewards of God's um, resources or God's um, the finances that God has blessed us with. A lot of believers follow after fantasies when it when, when it comes to um, finances. A lot of believers um, believe that they have faith that one day something supernatural is going to happen that would turn around their finances that will change them from zero to having abundance and a lot of people are waiting for this supernatural thing to happen but they they forget to take practical steps with what god has blessed them with and they follow after fantasies waiting for one day something that will happen that will forever change them and usually those some those things that they wait for don't happen or even if it happens, it happens with a few people. But that is not to say that the supernatural cannot happen. That is not to say that that event cannot happen. But as believers, we need to have practical steps. How we handle our finances now is very important. And so I believe that if we have practical structures in place and we handle our finances well, it even promotes that miracle we are waiting for to happen quickly. Because you are taking good care of what you have now. You are being faithful in what you have now. And therefore, God can bless you with more. But if we are not handling what we have now very well, and we are expecting that one miracle to happen that will change our lives, usually it's, 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 it doesn't happen because we have not even prepared our structures for those miracles to happen. And so um, next week, we'll be talking more on the um, how. Today, we'll be focusing on, on, on what it means or what financial stewardship means or the expectations of financial stewardship. And so, the first scripture I want us to read or I want us to turn to is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. The first thing I want us to establish is that everything that we have, we are stewards of everything. We are not the ultimate owners of everything, of anything here on earth. And so when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, For what makes you different from another? And, and, and what do you, do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? 
the question here paul was asking is what do you have that you did not receive we need to understand that everything we have we received it from god including our finances i think the world the worldly doctrine now is that i made my own money i'm a self-made millionaire but then we need to understand that everything we have was given to us by god everything that we have belongs to god even our i mean when god created adam and he gave him the earth he says that he should take care of the garden that he has given him he put him in charge to have dominion but he knows very well that ultimately everything belongs to god even our our very body the body that we have that we spend so much time on trying to make the body look good we invest a lot of money trying to make sure that this body will appear good even this body does not belong to us our life does not belong to us and that is why we are going to give an account of our lives one day to god and so even if our, our very existence does not we don't decide our very existence then we should know that every other thing that we have including our finances belongs to god if our lives belong to god I don't know what makes us think that our finances belongs to us and we are the ones who made our finances and therefore everything we have belongs to us. Because one day, if God takes the life away from you, if God takes your spirit away from you, all the finances that you have will mean nothing. And so in our finances, we need to acknowledge God as the ultimate source of everything that we have. Today, we are going to read a lot of scriptures from the bible to support this point naturally we have the tendency to think that we have the desire to own things and we have the desire to to put our names on things and call ourselves the owners of things for instance if you are if you drive to work and i believe that usually there's a particular spot that you park in and you call that spot your parking spot even though the parking spot might not have been assigned to you you still call it your parking spot and so when you come to work and somebody has parked there i'm sure you say in your head that who has parked in my parking spot meanwhile it's not it has not even been assigned to you like where i live right now no, nobody has a parking spot that has been assigned to the person and so i usually want to park in front of my building and so when i drive in and somebody is parked there, i'm like who has parked at my spot but then the spot has not even been assigned to me it's the same even with the places you sit in church you have a particular place that you always want to sit and so it's like naturally we have a desire to to own things and to identify that things belong to us so it is good that we recognize it will be good that we recognize that everything we have belongs to god and we are not the ultimate owners of anything at all and when we have that when we understand this it makes life more easy and it causes the blessings of god to come upon us and so we should first of all acknowledge that everything we are everything we have belongs to god the bible says what do you have that you did not receive and if you received everything that you have what makes you different from another person one day when we all check out of this world we are not going to take anything that we have put our names on with us anything that we claim we we have so much attachments to we are never going to take it with us and so it is important that we acknowledge that god 
is the owner of everything that we have and everything we have belongs to god the good thing about this is that when we put everything we have into the hands of god he's able to multiply it for us like the small boy who had his last he had his meal that he was about to eat he handed it over to jesus christ and that meal that small boy's meal which belong the meal which belongs to just a small boy was able to feed over five thousand people because he handed it over to jesus and so in our lives let's not make jesus christ the lord of one aspect of our lives let's not make him the lord of our salvation and leave other aspect of our lives that oh we are just going to use worldly principles in this aspect of our lives and forget the lordship of jesus christ in that aspect but let's make jesus christ the lord of every aspect of our lives because there is nothing that we own that belongs to us sometimes we behave like nebuchadnezzar when he said in, in daniel chapter 4 verse 28 the bible says that i'm going i'm going to read that passage and he says the bible says that and this came upon king nebuchadnezzar at the end of the 12th month he was walking i'm reading from daniel chapter 4 verse 28 to 31 he was walking about in the royal palace of babylon the king spoke saying is this great babylon that i have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty so nebuchadnezzar is saying that this is a great kingdom that i have built and this i is something the i speech is something that the world is pushing so hard it's it's all about me myself it's all about i i i and it's the same speech that god hates nebuchadnezzar said i have built this People, you hear people saying, I am a self-made millionaire. I made my own money. I bought my own house. They don't acknowledge God that God was the one who gave them the ability to, to even get whatever they have. And when Nebuchadnezzar said this, Bible says, verse 31 says that while the word was still in, his, in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and you shall dwell, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And so Nebuchadnezzar was turned to a beast, and he went to live in the field because God did not like the speech that Nebuchadnezzar made. That he thought that he was the one who built the kingdom. He said, I have built this kingdom with my mighty hand. He's saying that it is my own strength that I was able to build this kingdom. And the Bible says that God was not pleased with that speech and so let's not become like the book at Nathan when it comes to our wealth when it comes to our finances when it comes to the money that we have we should first of all acknowledge God that it is God who gave us the grace who gave us the favor who gave us the ability and everything we have belongs to God when you read Psalm 24 verse 1 the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof the world and all those who dwell therein so the, the psalm 24 is telling us that the whole earth belongs to the lord the world itself and everybody who dwells in the world belongs to god and when you read Haggai chapter 2 verse 9 the bible says the glory of the latter temple shall be greater says the lord and this place i shall give peace i'm sorry that's not what i wanted to read Haggai chapter 2 i think i wanted to read verse 6 let me quickly turn to Haggai chapter 2 
um if anybody turns to Hagar chapter 2 the person can please read okay chapter 2 right i'm reading from verses that says the lord of hosts once more it is a little once more i will shake i will shake the heaven and the earth and the sea and the earth and i'll shake all the nations and they shall come to the desire of all the nation and i'll fill the temple with glory says the lord the silver is mine the gold is mine says the lord the glory of the latter house shall be greater so god is saying that the silver and the gold belongs to him he means that everything here on earth belongs to God. God asks Job, who has preceded me that I should repay? Everything under the heaven is mine. And so as believers, first of all, we need to understand that everything here on earth belongs to God. Everything that we will ever acquire here on earth belongs to God. And therefore, we are just stewards of everything that we have. We are just looking after everything that we have. On behalf of God, even our very lives belongs to God. And we are just stewards of our lives. And we are going to give an account of our lives to God because we are stewards. And so when it comes to our resources that God has blessed us with, it is important that we acknowledge that we are just stewards and that God has blessed us or God is the one who owns everything that we have. It is very, very important that we understand this as children of God. This is the foundation of what we are going to discuss today. If we are able to acknowledge and recognize that everything we have belongs to God and we are just stewards of what God has blessed us with. A lot of people don't like to hear the church talk about finances, which is not very good because whatever you talk against, whatever you don't like, you never attract. But if we want our finances to be blessed, I believe that we need to be taught how to handle our finances, how to take care of our money. The Bible talks about how to take care of your money. And that is what that will be the focus of our teachings for the next three, um, three sessions. And definitely we are going to talk about how God can supernaturally provide for us as well. But let's not always focus on the supernatural provision and leave the practical aspect out. So now that we have established that we are stewards of everything that we have and we are not the final owners and therefore we are going to give an account of everything we have. Now, our anchor scripture comes in. The scripture we use for our last week teachings in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, Let a man so consider us as servant. When you read the NIV, it says stewards. As, I'm sorry, a servant of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. And so this scripture is establishing the fundamental requirement of stewardship. And it's telling us that it is required of a steward. And if we are stewards of everything that God has blessed us with, then we have to be faithful. At the end of the 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 age at the end of the day god is going to reward us for our faithfulness his final words will be well done good and faithful servant and so we have if we have been faithful in little, little god is definitely going to give us more and so the bible says that it is required a fund this scripture tells us that fundamental qualification of a steward is faithfulness 
Now, when we talk about the issue of faithfulness or the issue of stewardship in the corporate world, then we bring, um, we, we, we can talk about the idea of separation of ownership and control when it comes to um, companies. So, this in the corporate world, this means that the owners of the company are not the same people who manage the company. And so, that is the principle of separation of ownership and, um, and control. And because the owners of the company are not the ones who manage the company, there is um, a legal term we call fiduciary responsibility. Because it is the board of directors who are managing the funds that belong to the shareholders, legally they are required to have a, respons- a responsibility that is called fiduciary responsibility. And under the fiduciary responsibility, there are three things, and I'm going to mention them. And I've added two additional responsibilities, which is also under the fiduciary responsibility. And so I feel that we can apply this principle to ourselves as stewards of God's resources, as stewards of the finances that God has blessed us with. We can apply this principle or legal, secular principle of fiduciary responsibility to ourselves as Christians. And the first fiduciary responsibility that comes upon the board of directors with regards to their relationship with money, um, um, the shareholders is the duty of care. And so the managers who are managing the resources that belong to um, the shareholders, in this case, believers who are managing resources that belong to God have a duty of care. And this, uh, in the secular world, it is defined as the legal obligation to always act in the best interest of the shareholders. And so the board of directors have a fiduciary responsibility. And that the first one is a duty of care to act in the best interest of the shareholders. The second is a duty of loyalty. And this means that the directors and officers of the corporation are supposed to make decisions not in their personal economic interest. That means that their interest must not conflict with the interest of the shareholders. And this is... These are principles that have been established in the circular world. And I believe that once we have the mentality or the idea of stewardship, we can think along this line that we have a duty of care, which means that everything God has blessed us with, we are supposed to take good care of it. And we'll go deeper into that next week, God willing. That if God blesses us with resources, with God blesses us with finances, we have an obligation to take very good care of the resources that God has blessed us with. We have a duty of loyalty, which is to act in the best interest of God with the resources that he has blessed us with. The third principle, so far as fiduciary responsibility is concerned, is the duty to act in good faith. It means that you you have to act with integrity. You have to act when, when the, the board of directors are taking any action. It has to be in, with the best informa- I mean, the best information they have at hand, the information that they know that they are acting in good faith, they are not acting um, in a way to deceive the shareholders, but then they are acting with integrity. And so when we apply these secular principles to ourselves, we have a duty of care with the resources that God has blessed us with. We have a duty of loyalty and we have a duty to act in good faith with the resources that God has blessed us with. The two additional principles that I want to add is the duty of obedience. So we have a duty of obedience with the resources that God has blessed us with. 
when God gives us an instruction concerning um, our finances, we need to obey God. We have a duty of accountability towards God with the resources that he has blessed us with. We have to understand that one day we are going to account for the resources that God has blessed us with. And so when we talk about stewardship, and the Bible says that it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. I want you to think about the corporate um, term, fiduciary responsibility. And that faithfulness requires that you have a duty of care. You need to take good care of the resources that God has blessed you with. You have a duty of loyalty. Your interest must not conflict with the interest of God. It means that you have to use your resources and way in a way that brings glory to God. And that you have a duty to act in good faith. You have to act in integrity towards God. And then you have a duty of obedience to obey God when it comes to the area of your finances or whatever God has blessed you with. You have a duty of obedience and a duty of accountability. Now, I want us to discuss eight, um, eight things that um, financial stewardship should mean to us. And this is going to be the foundation of what we are going to discuss next week and the subsequent week. Eight things that financial stewardship should mean to us. And the first point is that we must be faithful with our finances. I believe that we have spoken about that when I, I, I use the, um, the principle of fiduciary responsibility when it comes to the corporate world. So when you, talk, when you think about faithfulness in the area of your finances, think about what we call in the secular world separation of ownership and control where the shareholders do not manage their own funds but they allow the board of directors to take decisions with their funds. And think about duty of care, that you have a duty to take very good care of the resources that God has blessed you with. You have a duty of loyalty. You have a duty to act in good faith, a duty of obedience, and a duty of accountability. And so whenever you think about um, faithfulness with your finances, I need you to think about these five things. Now, the next thing when we talk, when we talk about stewardship that we need to think about is we must act in a way that preserves our wealth for the next generation. The Bible says, Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 23, that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of a sinner is stored up for the righteous. And so as you decide how to use your money, as you decide how you spend your money, you need to have at the back of your mind that you need to preserve your money for the next generation. That is one thing that God expects from us. And next week, we are going to go into details how we are going to, how we'll be able to do that. And so don't only think about now. Don't only think about spending all the money that you have now. But think about how you are going to preserve the money that you have for the next generation. I believe that these are some of the practical things that we need to talk about in church. So that church, people in church will know that they are not supposed to waste the things that God has blessed them with. Apart from the fact that we expect the supernatural blessings of God, we need to take practical steps to preserve the blessings that God has given us. And when we have these principles in our heart, I believe that it, it even opens the door for us to experience more blessings from God. And so as you think about how to handle your finances, 
think about the fact you need to make it one of your goals that you are going to um, preserve your finances for the next generation and you're not only going to think about your current state or your current um your current needs but you think about future the future generation as well and so i want us to read about a king in second kings chapter 20 verse 12 to 19 now this is king hezekiah when god had given him a second chance to leave and verse 12 says that the time of um, the time of baruch baruch um, Berodach, Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon. At the time of um, Berodach, Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, the king of Babylon sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that the Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah was attentive to them and showed them all the houses, all the house of his treasure, the silver and the gold, and the spices and the precious ornament. And all his armory, all that was found among his treasure, his treasures, I'm sorry. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to the king Hezekiah and said to him, What did this man say and from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, They came from the far country from Babylon. And he said, what have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that, all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then, Hezekiah, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and they shall... And they shall take away some of your sons who would, who would descend from you, who you will begat. And they shall be Enochs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, this is the very important point that I want us to note. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord, which you have spoken is good. For he said, would there not be peace and truth at my last, at least in my days? He says, for he said, will there not be peace and truth at least in my days? So Hezekiah showed the, the treasures that he had in his house to this people from Babylon. And the thing that he did did not please God. And so God said that everything that you have shown to them will be taken away. And look at the mindset of Hezekiah. He said, it is good for me. He didn't try to intercede on behalf of the next generation. He didn't try to, to plead with God. He said, the decision is good with me at least so far as i am alive i will get to enjoy all these things so far as i am alive this thing is not going to happen in my days it is not going to be taken away in my days and so i don't care i'm okay i'm okay with that decision that mindset is not a good mindset that let's live and let's spend everything we have now when we die we are just gone and and we don't care about what's going to happen in the next generation that mindset is not a godly mindset and so as children of God, we need to start taking decisions that will affect or that will put the next generation at a better place than we, or um, at a better, um, that will give the next generation an advantage that we didn't have. And so we need to start thinking about how to do these things for the next generation. And this mindset of let's spend everything we have, let's use everything we have. When we die, we are just gone. 
it is not a godly mindset. It is not good. Like Hezekiah said, I don't care if 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 they are talking about the next generation, it's definitely not going to affect me. But as children of God, and as stewards of the things that God has blessed us with, God does not expect that we squander everything and leave the next generation with nothing. So as God is blessing us with finances, let's think about how we can. It, it should be one of our objective to um, preserve whatever God has blessed us with for the next generation as well. Amen. So the, the next point is that we must grow our finances. The things that God has blessed, the finances that God has blessed us, one of our objectives concerning these finances is that we must think about how to grow the finances, how to increase whatever thing that God has blessed us with. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 27, the Bible, a very, a very popular parable, and that I, wanna, I want us to read that one as well. From verse 14 to verse 27, he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travel, traveling to a far country, who called his own servant and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five ta- I want to read this in the New Living Translation so that we get what the, the Bible... So I'm going to start again in the New Living Translation. The Bible says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servant and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. So the talent is actually money. That's the translation. The Bible says he gave five, he gave five bags of silver to one man, two bags of silver to another man, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their ability. Then, again, this this is a very important point because the master gave them the blessings according to their own ability. And how do we? increase our capacity how do we increase our ability to get more talent it is through acquiring knowledge it is through having practical acquiring practical knowledge of how to handle the money that god is going to bless us with and so that he gave them according to the ability and so if you don't increase your capacity then you will have limited ability to handle what god has given you and that that is why you will get just one talent or that's where you just get one but we need to increase our ability to handle the talent or the money that god is going to bless us with and so bible says he gave them according to their own ability he saw that one man only had one had the ability to handle just one another person had the ability to handle three another person had the uh, sorry handle two the other person had the ability to handle five and so one important area of our stewardship is that we need to increase our knowledge in the area of handling money because it is going to affect the blessings that god is going to um, bring our way from this passage i get that understanding and the servant who received five five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more the servant the servant who the servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned more. But the, the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used the mon- his money. And so when you read the story, I mean, I just want to um, jump to verse 27. 
you know the one person was able the person with the two talent multiplied his talent the person with the five talent or five money also multiplied his talent but the one the one who who had received one verse 26 bible says but the master i'm sorry i want to read from verse 25 he says the one who received one this was the response he gave the master when he was supposed to give an account of what the master had given him he said i was afraid i will lose your money so i hid it in the earth look here is your money but the master replied you wicked and lazy servant if you knew i harvested crops i didn't plant and gathered crops that i didn't cultivate why didn't you deposit my money in the bank so the master is saying from here again the principle the principle we can learn is that the least you can do with your money which is not the number one option which is not the first he's saying that 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 if you have not if you can't do anything at all with the money i've given you the least you can do is to deposit it in the bank unfortunately for most of us the least according to this passage is our first option we leave our money with the bankers but the master is saying that if 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 you couldn't even trade with the money at all if you couldn't do anything to grow the money at all you could at least leave it with the banker so that was like the last option the, that is if you couldn't do anything at all with what i've given you the least you could have done is to keep it with the bankers so that at least i could have gotten some interest on it and so we need to understand that the master requires that we grow the finances that he has blessed us with and he's saying that the least we can do with it the least this man could have done with it was to leave it with the bankers and so the things that god has blessed us with the finances the money that one of our objectives should be how we can grow our finances and how we can grow our wealth amen now the the fourth point is we must not be selfish we must not be selfish with the finances that god has blessed us he doesn't expect that when he blesses you you think about just yourself alone but he expects that you use that blessing to affect other people's life and in luke chapter 12 verse 13 to 16 um the bible talks about um i'm, I'm gonna read that one as well um, then someone called from the crowd teacher please tell my brother to divide our estate with me Jesus replied, Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against everything, every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Then he told a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I will tear my I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I will have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, in other in other um, translations it says, My soul, you have enough stored away for many years to come. Now take it take it easy, eat and drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will who will get everything you have worked for so the bible says yes verse 21 says yes a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but 
not have riches not have rich relationship with god and so god does not expect that we become selfish with the things that he has blessed us with he expects that we use everything that he has blessed us with to touch the lives of other people and to bless other people and so this particular this person was only thinking about himself he says i'm just going to break my bonds and store all my my goods and then eat bible says that a person is a fool who only um stores up wealth for himself and does not think um, it's and it's not rich towards it rich in relationship towards god which means that he does not use the things that god has given him to bring glory to god and this can be translated in not being not sharing with other people so that he will have um um, he will have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. And so the fourth thing is that we must not be selfish with our finances. Now, the number, the, the fifth thing, so far as um, when we think about our finances, the objective and the goals that we need to set as stewards of the finances that God has blessed us with is that we must use our finances wisely. We must use our finances wisely. And in Luke chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. And this we're going to talk about this passage again next week. The Bible talks about Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who, who had a manager handling his affairs. Um, I want to switch again to the New King James. I'm sorry. He also said this to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Now, the important thing we need to know, I know that anytime we talk about this story, we talk about the fact that this guy was, this guy made right, he made a right decision after this, and he went to see the people who owed his master money, and, and, and he, he, um, he strike a deal with them. But the first thing we need to know from this story when it comes to stewardship is that the guy was wasting his master's goods, and that is why his master called him and ended the steward uh, the stewardship or ended the relationship that he had with him and he told him to give an account of his goods he says that this the accusations were brought against the man that he was wasting his master's goods and so god does not expect us to waste the finances that he has blessed us with so as children of god we need to handle the finances the money that god brings our way we need to handle those we need to handle the money wisely because when you look at this story the story of this steward he was called upon by his master to give an account of his stewardship because he was wasting his master's goods and so god does not expect us to waste the things that he blesses us with which includes our finances because when we continue to waste their finances it cuts off the blessings of god because they are the, the 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 increase that we are expecting to have, we cannot have that increase if we continue to waste the resources that God has blessed us with. Number six, we must use God's resources to bring Him glory. 
everything that God has blessed us with, we must use it in a way that brings glory to God. And so when you are using the money that God has blessed you with, use it for things and in a way that will bring glory to God's name. Amen. Number seven, we should not be covetous. We should not be covetous. I mean, the Bible talks so much about covetousness. Um, We should not covet what other people have. Covetousness is a way of telling God that you don't believe in him and you don't trust him that he can give you your own. When you covet something that belongs to another person, it's it's another way of saying that you can't trust God to bless you with your own. And so we should not covet other people's things, but we should believe God that he's able to bless us. Now, number eight, the eighth point, which is my last point, is that we should not be obsessed with money. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says the root of all evil is money. The root of all evil. And so I want us to make this um, eight things that I've discussed or eight things that I've mentioned our objectives when it comes to the area of financial stewardship. Like I said, today we are just going to set a foundation for how we will be able to do these eight things, how we can achieve this objective in the area of um, our stewardship. And on the third, on the last, I mean, the last week, we will talk about the supernatural dimension of how God is able to supply our needs as well as children of God. So I'm going to go over the eight points again. I'm just going to do a quick recap of the things that I've mentioned is that we are stewards of everything that we have there's nothing that we have that we end in our own strength there's nothing that we have that the provider is not god or the originator is not god god is the one who provided everything that we have and when we acknowledge god we need to acknowledge god in the area of our, of our finances and not fall to the worldly teachings that tells us that we are the ones who made everything our money belongs to us we should understand that our very lives belong to god and we are going to give an account of our lives to god and if we are stewards the foundation the fundamental requirement of stewardship is that we have to be faithful with the finances that god has blessed us with and, I'm, and the eight things that I mentioned when it comes to stewardship that we should have as our focus as we are handling the things, the finances that God has blessed us with is we must be faithful with our finances. We must act in a way that preserves our finances for the next generation. We must grow the finances that God has given us. We must not be selfish. We must not um, use our sorry we must use our finances wisely we must use god's resources of our finances to bring him glory we must not be covetous and we must not be obsessed with money i believe that if we set these objectives as stewards it is going to help us to be good stewards of the finances next week we are going to go more into how we can do these things and a lot of people, again, when, as I said from the beginning, that a lot of Christians are not happy when we talk about finances. But you see, we have to get knowledge in the area of how to handle money. Because if God blesses us believers more, we are able to expand the kingdom of God. We are able to, to use the money that God is blessing us with to expand the kingdom of God. And so it's, it's important that we get knowledge about how to handle the resources that God has blessed us with, which includes money. 
And so let's not be offended when we talk about money in church. Let's not, let's open up to the teachings. Let's open up to what the Bible teaches about how to handle money so that we'll be able to attract um, the blessings of God. Amen. I don't know if um, there's any question. Um, Pastor Steve, you are muted if you're saying something. It's a clapping emoji. I was blessed. <laughs>